When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Out of the Blue from Amazing Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network, the podcast equivalent of retoxifying after a five-day bender in Las Vegas. I am Jared Stormer of AmazingBrew.com. With me, as always, is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of AmazingBrew.com. Andy, you unpredictable argonaut of a human being. How are you, my friend? If you never detox, you never have to retox. <laughs> can't drink all day if you don't start immediately <laughs> exactly i mean that was our motto it's northern illinois and it's gonna be my motto against wisconsin because thank god this game starts when god intended at noon at noon yeah that'll be great i can't wait around all day for that one but before we get into that let's talk about rutgers my friend that was uh i just rewatched it for the second and a half time because i just wanted to rewatch that second half really first half you know looked a lot like everything that we'd seen up to this point but man That's second half against Rutgers. But let's talk about the game as a whole, my friend. What did you think about that performance against Rutgers? We can go half by half or we can go offense by defense, however you want to look at it. Uh, Let's go half by half because I think that's the real biggest differentiator of this entire game as the entire world knows. So um, first half, let's just jump into the offense. Opening drive, 17 plays, seven and a half minutes, 15 runs and touchdown. As I texted you, you best go home and put on your daddy's shoes, boy, because it's a man's game. <laughs> Early on, this looked like the most Big Ten game that had ever existed. I was like, is this going to be over in 30 minutes? Like, I had a party to get to, and I was like, well, maybe I'll get one quarter. I was able to get the whole first half because it was over in an instant. Both teams really trying to run the ball. Rutgers able to possess the ball quite a bit in the first half as well. But Michigan right down their throat early on doing what they had did. Uh, in, against previous opponents, and uh, we were looking good on our Haskins prediction. Looked like the Haskins game. He did walk away with two touchdowns in this, both in the first half. Um, and then, yeah, so after that, uh, Rutgers drives down and gets a field goal after our opening drive. Is that correct? If I'm not mistaken, I believe so. I yeah, play by play right here. Yeah, and then after that, they don't score again. Looks like they're going to a couple times, but defense holds strong. Offense looks like it's in rhythm. Cade Max in rhythm in that first half. The crossing routes. Um, one to Wilson and one to Sainra uh, still accounted for basically half of our passing yards in two plays. Didn't look like they had a, a way to stop that, especially when our offensive line gives Cade time, which they have done most of the year. So that's something to look for moving forward. And I kind of wish they would have gone to it in the second half. It would have been nice, but I mean, the first half, just like you said, capped off what we'd seen to begin the season. It was the seventh consecutive good half of football we were do we were destined to have one bad half and it kind of began right at the end of the first half that last 30 seconds 45 seconds in the red zone Michigan just kind of struggled there and then we had to settle for a field goal after Cade Mack missed uh Schoonmaker or Eric Hall I'd like to apologize to the Wolverine faithful because it's entirely possible this is my fault I've watched every second of every Michigan game I left after the Sainer still 
completion that took them down to like the five. I'm like, all right, we got to go head to this party. I'm like, I'm assuming they're going to score. As soon as I left, Andy texts me. He's like, yeah, I kind of fell apart there. It's us. I assume my fault. So <laughs> I will, I will watch every second of every remaining game. I apologize. I, I need to go back and reread parts of our text messages. I'm sending you while you're at this party, the second half, I'd be like, they have the ball. They're driving fourth down. Oh no. <laughs> it's just like, it wasn't much. You texted me like six times. You're like three and out, three and out. Three and out. Oh boy. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> and then like, yeah, towards the end though, I'm like, all right, here it is. They have the ball again. They're driving. We're up seven. And then it's like, fumble. It's over. Do you know who forced it? I know Colton Ojabo. recovered it. Ojabo. Ojabo oh, Hinton was big on it on the interior pressure, but Ojabo got him from the side and knocked it out for their first, their first turnover of the season. How about, uh, yeah, that was the first time they gave it away. How about for us, though, probably called the players of the game. We said uh, Haskins, and then we said someone on the D-line. I went Smith, who did. Him and uh, Hinton and Hutchinson were big on that fourth down stop. Yep. So one of the early turnovers in the game. And then, yeah, Ojaba with the forced fumble. So the D-line probably did carry the day yeah. um, as far as player of the game on defense. It's one of those guys. And yeah, this one was, I mean, it came down to the wire. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about this second half. What, what do you think was the primary issue in that second half? Was it effort? Was it execution? Was it play calling? Was it Cade Mack being a, a tick off? Complacency. I think it all started at halftime. I think they took the foot off the gas up 20 to three, expecting Rutgers to come out and just kind of lay down. Most teams would have, but Greg Schiano is a top three coach in the big 10 and he may not be two or three. Like, I'm just saying, Shiano is the real deal. He had this team ranked seventh at one time in his first tenure there. So he's an outstanding head coach. And they came out ready to keep fighting. And they did and made it close and did what they could. But despite our defense being on the field for almost the entire second half, they only gave up 10 points. That was it. Very yep. Ben, don't break. Yep, very much so. Uh, after this game, Rutgers remains a top 11 defense. They're number 11 in this one. We are the 34, 34th ranked total defense. So this is still a quality team. Even after we beat them, they actually outgained us in yards, beat us in time of possession. Um, second half, they outgained us dramatically. They outrushed us. They had the, the higher mm -hmm. leading rusher in this with Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, there's a world where we do not pull this out. So credit to this team for being able to pull it out. I think it goes to the defense Yeah. Um, on this one because of like everything you were saying, the complacency on the offense. Uh, I think that there is some serious Gaddis play calling um, issues here. We've seen some of this in the past where somebody gets his number and he doesn't make the second half adjustments like some of the better defensive coaches will make against him. I agree. He definitely needs to have more counters for the counters that are coming at him. Like even open up with a pass, open up with a run on the outside for the love of God, more AJ Henning, please. Right. <laughs> we were screaming for Henning in this. And I was like, great. You're trying to get the ball to Mikey Sainer still. He's probably your fourth best receiving option. I know, I know I he had a pretty good game here, but your, your fades to him in the corner of the end zone. A, once again, a great thrown ball by Cade Mack. That should probably go to CJ. Yeah, where's the deep shot to CJ that we saw a couple times against NIU? That's we need more of to stretch them out, especially when they're going to stack the box. But, you know, the offense is the players are not exempt from this either. Like the execution on the line was the worst we saw all season, just not getting a push anymore. Uh, the running backs missing cuts, missing lanes. So it was a, it really fell apart for them. Like I said, it really stems from complacency. But yeah, Gaddis has to be able to spark them a little bit more than just let's run our stuff and we'll see what happens.
Right, and not even necessarily running the same stuff. A lot of runs up the middle. There was the one three and out that was three straight passes, and he locked into his initial receiver on all three. That's never going to work. Like, that no. was a really bad sequence there. And with Haskins and Corum there, I think that they should be getting a touch on every down. Like, it should never be three passes and then out. And then he only threw five in the second half. Three of them came on that series. Like, that is unbalanced. That's not getting your quarterback into a rhythm. That's not giving him short down and distance to work with. It it was very, very choppy there in the second half. And, and Gaddis needs to own up for it. Cade needs to own for it. Offensive line needs to own for it. Running backs didn't really have much to run through from what I could tell on rewatch. Like, I'm not going to ding them too much. Didn't seem like the holes were nearly anything like we'd seen in the previous three games. Now, Haskins missed one cut. Uh, it wasn't egregious, but he missed it. He should have should have followed his blocker instead of trying to make a play there. I think it was a third down or third and one. Um, but he only had 12 carries, I think. How many did he have on the first drive? Like seven? <laughs> yeah, the majority of them were all in the first half. So, like, he gets five touches in the second half, give or take one or two. Yeah. Corum has 22 in this, even though Haskins looks like the better back against the stout Rutgers front. Uh, Drew Singleton came to play against his former team. He was, he was pulled by Corum by the leg. Joke. Yeah, that was whack. That yeah. was whack. I'm not even going to repeat what you said about Drew Singleton after that play, but basically you said that uh, he sucks <laughs> <laughs> with, with some more colorful language. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not going to put too much on the running backs in this one. It just they need to draw better play calls for him and a better understanding of personnel from yep. Gaddis. I think it's it's almost that more than the play calling. It's like, all right, guys, we need to get the ball moving here in the second half. Time to go to the guy that's been doing it for us all year, Mike Sainra still. Like, he hadn't had a catch-up to that point. Why was the second half plan like Sainra still's got to bail us out? And like, what about Eric All? What about A.J. Henning? What about Corum, like, as anything other than in between the tackles? Like, an understanding of personnel goes with that play calling to me. It, it just seemed like I think the best case scenario to hope for the vanilla play calling is that he just wanted to keep everything – in the pocket heading into Wisconsin. I don't want to show anything else on tape anymore. I'm going to put it all away. And you can't play that way. Like, you no. have to win the game. You can't risk losing because you just want to, you know, be cute like that. So, comes out this week and, you know, the offense explodes, lights it up a little bit. Then, you know, maybe the sins are forgiven for now. But you can't be that complacent and secretive when you have games to win. No, I'm with you 100%. But on the plus side, we did win it. We're 4-0 after having never trailed yet this season. First time since 1973. You find a way to win a tough game because like we said last week, this is going to be a dogfight. I think Maryland, Michigan State, Indiana, Wisconsin, those are all dogfights. I don't anticipate anybody running away with any of those. Maybe Maryland, we might be able to pull away late. But in most of those games, I anticipate it being, being close like this. And you found a way to win. And it goes more so to McDonald and the defense than it does to Gaddis and the offense. But nonetheless, this is a game we probably don't win last year. That defense would have folded. So props to them. They're coming on. Need to get more people into the backfield, even though Rutgers does a really good job of getting the ball out quickly. I'd like to see more pressures, more sacks, more turnovers. But once again, Rutgers had only turned the ball over once this whole year, and it was against us. So a well-coached team, then we found a way to get a win. So I'm not going to hate too much, but... I understand why there's a lot of people getting last year vibes from that. It's just PTSD for most fans. Like everybody likes to be drama queens. Um, sure. uh, you you said where Michigan's ranked in total defense. Where are they ranked in scoring defense? Uh, I can pull that up for you in two seconds. Okay. Um, and we are allowing. So this is pretty interesting. Uh, we'll get to it. But uh, Wisconsin is number two, allowing 210 yards per game. Rutgers was averaging 262 per game. 
and we are allowing, as far as yardage, 304 per game. But in scoring defense, uh, where is it? Give me one second here. Uh, passing offense, rushing defense, scoring defense. Here we go. Uh, Michigan is number four. That's the thing. This defense is very bend, don't break. In the last three drives of this game, it was missed field goal, turnover on downs, and fumble. So, like, this defense knew when to step it up and get it done. Even with a man down and the captain of the defense, Josh Ross, being out, Nakai Hill Green switching positions, Clay Mullings coming in a different position, they still rose up, got it done. Vincent Gray was incredible on the outside. They did not throw at him anymore. Targeted, I believe, six, six times, five or six, only allowed one reception for four yards. Um, Dax Hill played phenomenal, except he missed the easiest sack of his career, yeah. being yeah. too fast. So, Yep. A good problem to have, something he will write. This defense didn't play perfect, but red zone defense was there, and they were on the field a lot and rose up to the occasion, and I love having a team that can win in more than one way. I'm with you. I'm with you there, and yeah, the defense still holding strong. Dax Hill should have made that sack, and it's getting to this point now. We only have like eight more games left with Dax plus a, a bowl game. Is he a game breaker, or is he just really, really good? Because I I haven't seen the, like, when has he had an electric play that really changed the scope of the game? Like, I think he's more David Long than he is Jabril Peppers, which isn't a knock. No. He's still probably the second best player on the defense, but I just don't know if he's, like, a game changer on defense. He's good, and he honestly might translate better to corner at the next level. At we'll the next see. Level, I could see that. I could definitely see that. But Hutchinson, game breaker, like... Ross, Hillgreen, and Colson yeah. coming on. Like Ross is already there. Hillgreen and Colson, I think, are going to be game breakers for us. You know, like Colson already now in on two fumbles. We've only had two turnovers. Yeah. Or excuse me, we've only forced two turnovers. He's in on both. So, so the, yep. that that says something. That's not an accident. Uh, yeah. No, it'll be like, Jamon Green. If he could just like that back shoulder throw he gave up, I really don't put that on him. That was like, it's so hard to guard against back shoulder plays. And, the, and that first drive, the guy just dropped it in there. He was in perfect coverage. You, you, you said it right though. He needs to get his head around a little bit, but back shoulders are so hard to defend. It is. It is. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, real quick, got to take a moment, talk about our people over at Homefield Apparel out of Indianapolis. My favorite brand of sportswear apparel, and I'm not just saying that, I'm wearing it. One of the best selections that you can find right now. I was hoping you're a Michigan fan if you're here, but if not, they got you covered on whatever team, whether it's old school or new school designs. And they, you can get 20% off your first purchase with MNB at purchase at homefieldapparel.com. All right, man. Um, anything else from that game? I'm glad you men mentioned Vincent Gray. I think he has stepped above Jamon Green as our best corner, and I'm willing to say that with some certainty now. Green could still, you know, they, they've gone back and forth a lot, so I'm not writing Green off as a very good corner, but Gray looks like the guy right now. I like that point. Um, anybody else that you wanted to mention before we move around um, to the Big Ten? Not a great special teams game, but Brad Robbins did have a nuke of a punt that went Ooh. inside the tent and just bounced to the side. Ooh, that sand wedge, that elevated sand wedge that just stops. I mean, it it hit it like the center of the of the five yard line and went immediately to the right boundary. That was quite a punt. Brad Robbins is the guy we talked about it last week at NIU who had a chair on the sidelines, swinging it and banging it on the ground. I now understand why. Yeah, most likely to make out with your mom, throw a chair through a window, and then pick up the bar tab for the entire place. Brad Robbins. After that punt, I would rather fight Aiden Hutchinson than Brad Robbins. 
at whoa, that moment. Whoa, whoa, whoa. In that moment. In that moment. <laughs> like, Aiden Hutchinson right now is is going to kill you using his mind after hearing that. Aiden Hutchinson post-surgery op last year would kill me with it. Just the flick. By looking at me, but I will hurt you. Like, yeah, you oh, yeah. You, you yeah. Would. I'd, I'd rather fight uh, Brad Robbins than Aiden Hutchinson in a wheelchair. <laughs> I mean that. <laughs> All right, man, let's uh, let's take a quick look around the Big Ten. We'll leave Wisconsin off. Obviously, we are going to cover them in the second half of this pod. Uh, I told you about my the wildest betting year ever because I wanted to stay away from Michigan Rutgers. It was a 20.5 spread. I was right to stay away from it. I said last week to stay away. I'll give you my betting predictions for Wisconsin here in a bit. Um, but I called the North Carolina State over Clemson upset, and I also called the uh, Arkansas over Texas A&M, but freaking Minnesota loses to Bowling Green to ruin my parlay, and yeah, I mean, I, I will say that the, uh, what's the name of the row, the boat idiot? PJ, PJ Fleck. Fleck. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, uh, the the luster kind of wearing off after that, to be a 30-point favorite and lose to Bowling Green, that's a rough one. Would you rather have PJ Fleck or Scott Frost as your head coach? Keep in mind, Scott Frost has a worse record in Nebraska than Rich Rodriguez did at Michigan. Oh, I'm aware of that. Also, uh, Brady Hoke doing some stuff out there. How about our boy Brady Hoke out at San Diego State? But good yeah, for him. Flack. Good for him. Give me Flack. Give me Hoke. <laughs> give me Hoke. Can I get Hoke back over either? Bring him back in here. Good for him, man. Uh, Barney, you know, not Barney. Fred Flintstone deserves the wins, but yeah, Fleck over Scott Frost. I mean. Uh, Talk about how quickly he can fall off or forget what's his name. He used to coach at Texas, Tom something. Oh, Tom Herman. Yeah. There he is. Off like yeah, Tom what, Herman. What's he doing? He's like selling TVs at circuit city. I assume. Yeah. Maybe those guys, maybe Fleck and Herman, they just need to be at those mid-level programs, but obviously some, for some guys making that jump up to the higher level in competition, because lose the Bowling Green after being favored by 30 is that's gotta be one of the worst program losses there's been. That's a, that's a rough one. So do they chance like sink the boat or something afterwards? I, I feel like there's, I don't know what they do. After low that. hanging fruit here, but <laughs> it is low hanging fruit, but whatever. It's a, it's a dumb program that he's running there. I don't care. Um, let's let, let's talk about Ohio state for a minute. They bench their quarterback after like a 400 yard game or a 300 yard game. They have a linebacker quit at halftime. Does this team, this has the worst karma of any team that I can ever remember, and yet they're still probably going to win the Big Ten. Like, does karma even exist? you got guys that don't even want to finish the game. I've never heard of that. This is, it's the second linebacker they lost that week, too, because they had one midweek enter the transfer portal. I love it. Let's go. We'll take all your five <laughs> stars that don't want to play for your trash program and Ryan Day's nasty, I assume, painted on haircut. There we go. See, we're letting the vitriol out now. The thing is, we're seeing Ryan Day as a head coach. Like, the Urban Meyer program is gone. It's been a few years now. It's his program. He's running the show. We know he's a great OC and a great play caller. Is he a great head coach? Because as much as we despise Urban Meyer, he had all the little idiosyncratic things down. Like, he knew everything about everybody. Little details. Like he was so good on TV, and I hated it. It's like, why am I learning stuff? But <laughs> that creep could coach. Yep, creep can roll, man. And now I just don't know what to make of it. Uh, they're definitely going to lose probably two of those three five-star quarterbacks. You can't operate a quarterback room like that and expect all those guys to hang around. Like, what good is having the number one quarterback each year if only one of them sticking around and you're finding a way to upset them all? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. And there's obviously something rotten in Denmark on their defense. Beating Akron isn't going to change anybody's opinion of them. So. I don't know. This could be, I could easily see this Ohio State team losing three, four games, or I could see them winning the rest of them. That's going to be my question. Ohio State over under two losses. 
I'd say over. Oh God, just I would I would yes. I would say over or push. I mean, because I I think Penn State's a better all around team than them right now, and we're gonna give them what for at Michigan. I don't th- I don't think they're gonna run away with that one by thirty points this time. I will be at that game, and if if good things happen, just you won't hear from me for days, maybe weeks. I'm out drinking with the news team for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I love my life. <laughs> It's exactly what's going to happen. So we'll we'll get to that in due time. In due time. A uh, couple other notes. Sean Clifford looking improved. I'm thinking Penn State looks like the best team in the Big Ten right now. Improved, not elite. It was against Villanova, who's a bad, bad team. But yeah. he did throw four touchdowns in that. Sean Clifford's like the kid that used to be picked last at kickball, and now he's been picking fourth to last. Like, I'm not sold yet. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Fantastic. Villanova. Give me a break. Yep. Uh, Michigan State needs overtime to beat Nebraska, which, you know, felt good because we're struggling with to close out Rutgers and they're struggling with Nebraska. Um, Indiana 33, Western Kentucky 31. The only reason I bring that up, Michigan State has Western Kentucky this week. I'm calling my shot. Western Kentucky's getting somebody. That offense is really tough to prepare for. I I love this, but also, who is Western Kentucky's AD and why does he hate his program? (laughs) Yeah, why are you scheduling all Big Ten teams? A decent Big Ten team. That's a rough schedule for Western. (laughs) He's trying to get in the Big Ten next year, submitting the application. Apparently, but they've got a really high-flying offense. It's going to be interesting for Michigan State next week, so I'm calling my shot, mostly because I want to see it, but... You know, we all love to see it, and neither of us are taking shots at Michigan State this week because both our teams struggled, you know, and both are built to run the ball, both struggled, and, you know, maybe they'll drop one to Western. We'd love to see it. It is what it is. We might drop one to Maryland or something. I don't know. Like, I still don't know yet. I'll let you know after this week. If we lose to a quarterback whose nickname is Turtle and who I have just ridiculed week in and week out to you publicly, privately, I don't know, through airmail, the, I don't even, Pony Express, yeah. like, any way I can make fun up. of this guy, I will have yeah. to walk all of it back. Yeah, you're going to have to recall some of those ponies because you're going to have to walk it back. That kid's good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. All right, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break when we come back. It's the big one. The first big one. We got Wisco next week. Camp Randall. We'll talk about that when we get back right after this. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. All right, welcome back. It's Wisconsin week. Things are getting serious here for the Michigan Wolverines. We've had our eyes on this one. This is a revenge game after one of the Worst beatdowns we've ever had last year at home, mind you. That was 
That was atrocious. Or was that on the road because of the weird COVID schedule? It was home, and I believe it was 49 to 11, and it was our worst home loss in 85 years. But home losses weren't the same last year since there were cardboard cutouts and John Jansen in the stands only. Right. (laughs) Jansen brings a lot of energy, but not enough to make up for 109,000 people or whatever it is. Precisely. Yeah, so last year, we're not going to look too much at last year's game because I don't think you can take too much from it. I think it's more like a practice, a glorified practice. So we'll look at what they've done this year and what we've done this year is when we're breaking down this game. Wisconsin gets gets boat raced a little bit by Notre Dame. The score is misleading from last week because this was 13-10 to 10 going into the fourth. Then Wisconsin starts to fall behind, and they've got to start throwing the ball. They start turning it over. They are not built, as per usual, to come back from a big deficit. So they end up losing this one 41-13. Like I said, it was closer than the score indicates, even though it did get bad pretty late. Um, this, this team, in their three games, they've allowed 10 points to Penn State in a loss, 7 to Eastern Michigan in a win, and uh, they gave up 41 to Notre Dame, but some of those were scored by Notre Dame's defense. And like I said, it, it was late in the game. So their defense remains elite and uh, statistically the number two defense in the nation. But what do you what do you make of this Wisconsin team? It's as is on defense. It's going to be linebacker heavy. That's where the strength is. They're very smart. Uh, Jim Leonard's a great DC, one of the best in the country. They're going to be very physical, mix up the front, 3-4, 4-3. But the offense is not what it used to be. They don't have a workhorse running back. They don't have a reliable quarterback. They have a few weapons on the outside. But Graham Mertz, they thought was going to be Russell Wilson coming to Wisconsin, has been more Alex Hornibrook this season. Oh, most definitely. Last year, I was like worried about the next couple of years because I was like, great, they finally found a quarterback and he's a freshman. But now, as we sit at right now, Graham Mertz has thrown one touchdown and six interceptions in three games. Um, look, you don't need to be a football savant to know that isn't going to get it done. He has regressed. Granted, against two really good defense in, in Penn State and Notre Dame, but now he's playing another pretty good defense here. It's not going to be at night. You don't get the benefit of that. Penn State already went into Camp Randall during the day and shut that crowd down, so I'm not as worried about that. And the biggest factor, like you said, there's no Jonathan Taylor. They thought it was going to be Jalen Berger. He has really underwhelmed this year, so they're going with their other running back. I think his name is like Chaz something. Um, yeah, Chaz Malusi who, uh, I mean, that sounds like maybe a lesser character from a Goodfellas spinoff. Yeah, it's up there with Jimmy two times. Uh, yeah, he said everything two times, two times. times. <laughs> so this is, yeah, this is not the same. Graham Mertz has never beaten a ranked opponent. Wisconsin hasn't beaten a ranked opponent since 2019, November, and that was Minnesota. So not the same, but this is going to be a very physical game. This is a chance for them to right the ship on their season. They still only have one conference loss. That's something to matter. So they can run the table here and still get in on the Big Ten West side. That's what matters oh, to yeah. them. And their loss is on the east side. And if we beat them here, they're one in three, which is a rough start, but still the entire Big Ten West schedule ahead of them. And they can pull that one out. So could be a rough start for Wisconsin um, if they don't manage to get this. I obviously don't care about the state of their fan base should, no. should they drop this one. But you've got them being desperate for a win. And us being desperate for revenge, um, us being desperate for a win on the road against, like, we are getting screwed here with these ranked wins. Like, Washington should have been ranked. They lose. You know, Wisconsin favored against Notre Dame. They get blown out. 
uh, we haven't faced a ranked team yet, even though Washington and Wisconsin came into the year ranked pretty highly. So not doing us any favors there, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what breaks here. You know, their desperation or our need to to prove we're not the same team as last year. Yeah, and, and nationally, people understand that Wisconsin, while one and two for the first time since 01, is still a good team. They're actually favored by two points in this game. The spread's been all over the place. So money has been flying around. And something also to note is Wisconsin has never beat Michigan three times in a row, ever. No, and last year, like we said, we're not counting that too much. Something's got to give. Um, you know, with last year, I really wish last year would have been in Madison because I don't think no matter where we would have played that, we would have won. I mean, the location didn't really matter as much last no, year. No. So it would be nice to have this one home and maybe have taken Rutgers to Piscataway this year. But regardless, um, that's really the only complaint I have with this schedule. And I'm glad it's an early game. So, you know, sitting around, letting your nerves get get ahead of you here. What are the matchups you're watching in this one? What are the matchups that are going to dictate this? Andrew Vastardis versus the linebackers. Pick one. <laughs> that's 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 where this game is really going to be decided for me on the offensive side of the ball is Vastardis and the boys on the interior picking up blitzes and everything, communicating that to Cade Mack. First road game of the season. So it's going to be very important to have that communication, keep everybody in check. And defensively, it's stopping the run. You want to make Graham Mertz have to win this game, kind of like they want to do to us. They want to make Cade Mack win it. We want to make Graham Mertz win it. The only thing is, it's nice is that Cade Mack doesn't turn the ball over. Graham Mertz kind of likes to give you a few. I definitely agree with both points. Uh, we'll talk about the offense first. I think we need to be able to run the ball. Obviously, we saw that against Rutgers when we can't. Our identity kind of crumbles a little bit. We're not going to air it out entirely. Now, we need to be able to pass the ball more. We already got into that. Got to see more balls to Eric All, Johnson, and Henning. Those are your game breakers through the passing game. So need to see more decisive looks. Um, if the pass blocking holds up, which for the most part, our pass blocking has been really, really strong this year. Yes. And Cade Mack has time. I trust him not to throw an inaccurate ball that's going to be turned over. So I like that. So yeah, got to be able to run the ball in this one. Get back to doing what works. Get on the outside. Get some reverses thrown into this to get some big chunk plays. 17 points might win it here. Yeah, you, it, it might win it here. You don't necessarily need to be crazy explosive and be putting up 30 points in, in a game, but you've got to find those chunk plays throughout the course of this, whether it's on the ground with Corum and Haskins or, you know, however you get the ball to those pass catchers in the air. And then I fully agree with you on defense, but I'll add one note to that. If you can make them play from behind and make Mertz have to air it out, that's when he gets really rattled. That's why he has one touchdown and six interceptions because he's playing from behind against Penn State, playing from behind against Notre Dame, and needing to do things that he's just not capable of, and they don't have the wideouts to do. Now, Jake Ferguson's an elite tight end, but that's really the only guy that scares me as far as their pass catchers. And a big thing for Michigan this game as well is Josh Ross is expected to play, and I think it'll keep an act of God to keep him out of this game, because as yeah. everybody saw against Rutgers, he wanted back in more than anything. So that is massive to stopping the run. And no, this is going to be a very, this is a big test. Everything about this game is going to tell me what I need to know about the rest of the season. I wrote an article this week, check it out, mazenbrew.com, about Jim Harbaugh early season struggles and what happens afterwards. So if we come out in this game and put it to them or just get the win 17-7, 17-10, then I'm going to feel really good about this team starting the season out 5-0 and and what we can do. But if we come out here and lay an egg, like the monsoon game, or it's like Michigan State in 2019. It's just like I'm not, or not 2019. Um, Wisconsin in 2019, going up there and just getting bulldozed 35 nothing to open the game. Then I'm gonna have a lot of concerns about this season. 
who was it? I think it was the LG Hale tweet that I kept referring to when we were struggling against Rutgers. Sometimes there's an early season struggle and it's indicative of what the team is like against army in 2017 and stuff like that. Or there's an early season struggle like in 2018 and it gives the team something to rally around and something to build on. Because mm-hmm. in 2018, you know, we we lost that one early on. Um, who do we who do we struggle Notre against Dame. early on? In Notre Dame, yeah, 2018. And then the, you saw what happened in the rest. No, 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 that's not right. Because oh, because 2019 was Haskins at night. Yep, 2019 was Haskins. 2018 at night. was McCaffrey's first game, and we yep. we rallied around it in 2018 again against Northwestern, down 17 points, and we didn't have a lead until four minutes to go. Yep, absolutely. So that tweet I thought was the most perfect tweet of that Saturday. Sometimes these early season games are indicative of a bigger problem. Sometimes they show the team what they need to get corrected, and you'll see them rebound from it. So we're gonna we're gonna learn everything against against Wisconsin. Like this could be a radically different podcast next week. It could be us spewing, you know, Big Ten championship is is a possibility, or it could us be like, all right, well, get ready for another eight and four, seven and five type of year. I mean, I think we'll know everything after this week. I fully agree with you. Yeah, a loss to Wisconsin would be very demoralizing, but even if you lose to Wisconsin, you can run the table and still win the Big Ten East. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm not going to be fully out unless yeah. we look awful and get boat raced. I mean, if it's 17-13 and we lose this, I'm going to be a little worried about the offense, but I'm still going to have some hope that we can get it fixed. So this isn't the be-all, end-all here, but it is going to tell you what kind of team you've got, what kind of resiliency they have, and... And on offense, like this is the best defense we've faced by far. Yes, coming into this. So, how good is this offense? Number one rushing defense in the country. I believe they allow like twenty three or like thirty two yards a game, something like that. Against what now we're no longer the number one rushing offense, but we were coming into this game. Yeah, it's like yeah. So we're we're gonna know a lot. I I really want to see how this offensive line rebounds and how the play calling rebounds because. Like you said, Josh Gaddis is getting a lot of heat from this. I'm sure it's, he's feeling it internally as well. It's like, you need to step this up. Like, we'll see what he was keeping in the bag a little bit, how his first 10 plays come out in this game, if they come out and establish the tone. If we pound the ball in Wisconsin, dude, just, you have to tie me down in the chair or something. Oh, 100%. 100%. And Gaddis isn't in as a comfortable position as some of the other guys. You know, we've changed a lot of position coaches, and they have Sharon Moore there as a co-OC. So if they really don't like the play calling and that gets bogged down again, like it did against Rutgers against Wisconsin, there's nothing saying that you don't lose play calling duties to Sharon Moore or to Jim Harbaugh. Like he doesn't have as long of a leash as some of these other guys where you bring him in and it's his first year. He's been there now. This is his third year and we still haven't really done much under him. So his leash isn't going to be super long, I wouldn't imagine, but we're, we're going to know what, what to think of Gaddis and how he rebounds after this. No, this staff has to win now. So, um, all right, give me three bold predictions for this game and to score. All right, first bold prediction. It's not that bold. Cade McNamara will rebound and will throw for just under 200 yards and two touchdowns in this one. I like it. I like that a lot. I could very well see it, especially I don't know how good Wisconsin's secondary is. but Not I as go- good as their front seven. Exactly. That's what matters. All right, uh, bold prediction from me. A.J. Henning scores a touchdown on either a reverse or a punt return. I like it. He's due at one point. I don't know if it'll be this game because this could be a low score, but that's coming 100%. And my two touchdowns seems a lot. The only reason I'm saying two is I don't like trying to run the ball on the goal line against these guys. You know, we had some issues around the goal line with Rutgers. These guys are going to be stout around the goal line. You're going to have to find a way to get the ball to Eric All or Cornelius Johnson in some creative way. So I think you have to pass to score in this one. 
Um, I like that. All right, I'll give you another bold prediction here. Uh, we're going to get another turnover in this one. We've only had two on the season. Graham Mertz has thrown six interceptions. I think that if he has to play from behind, and if we can get up, I don't know, 13. If we can get up 13 or two scores or three scores in this one, I'll almost say it's over because they can't, they, they're not built to come back. So I think we will at some point force them to throw, and I think Mertz throws a pick. I am going to double down on that for my bold prediction, but I'm going to go one step further and say it's going to be Brad Hawkins with the pick. Ooh, he's gotten his hands on a lot of balls this year. <laughs> As we have touched on several times, so he is due to bust through on this one and finally secure the interception. All right, I like it. So a Hawkins pick. All right, one more bold prediction from me. I'll say offensive line carries the day. I would say I, if I had to bet on a position group to really rebound here, I will say the offensive line rebounds. And we're not going to run all over them, but I think we'll be able to run enough. And I think pass protection is going to be excellent. I love that. I'm all in the offensive line. You know, that's my favorite position group on this team. My last one is Aiden Hutchinson has two sacks in this game. This Let's is go. a huge statement game for him. Big line, historically good, great tight ends, probably going to chip him. This is his chance to really put something on tape and really make a difference. And if he hits Mertz once, twice, it's going to be in his head the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If he gets in early and gets an early sack, that might be enough to shake him and rattle him. Mertz gets rattled, man, even at home. So I don't care how we do it, whether it's a pick from Hawkins or Gray or, you know, just Hutchinson's in his ear. I, do you think Hutchinson's a talker on the line? Do you think he's like that dude from the program that's like, you, you had sex with my sister? <laughs> it's you! I don't think he's that guy, but I could totally see Josh Ross being like Lattimore from the program. Yeah, I could, yeah. I, yeah, Ross is that guy. Ross is that guy. He's the one that's going to get up there and talk. I think Aiden Hutchinson is just going to keep walking you down. Although he did hit the Conor McGregor Billy strut Ooh, after a, after a step. That was nice. That was nice. That was, that was real nice. Yeah, I don't know that Hutchinson's as big of a talker. I'd love to be down there and see, but I could totally buy Ross as the guy that's barking. I bet Hutchinson's just growling. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. But you and I both have a thing for trash talkers. Like, you know that in Jabril Peppers' Heisman year, he was just running his mouth the whole time at the line of scrimmage to people. Oh, yeah, and that was my favorite part about him. I hated some of the stuff he did, like the stupid, uh, you can't see what I'm doing, but he would raise his hands over his ears and bark. Oh, that's, like the frat, frat. that's the frat. It's a frat. Yeah, well, I don't like frats, so that's there you go. That's fair. He's 20. It's like... <laughs> fine i didn't join one i had that opportunity <laughs> I'm, you had friends i hate you i'm just kidding <laughs> i had plenty of friends i just, just also kidding. didn't put ghb in the girls drinks at parties I'm just kidding. defended all, all right, of our grass yeah <laughs> we don't hate frats i'm sorry jerry just some unresolved things that's fine no i i, I don't like frats but that's <laughs> that's neither here nor there um all right give me a score prediction michigan wins and rebounds 24 to 10 Ooh, I like it. You've got a big cover. Uh, I'm betting the money line. I stayed away from Michigan last week because I just didn't know what to think of that Rutgers team. I think I have a better read on this one. I would take Michigan to win outright. Uh, I think it's going to be low. I don't know what the over-under on this one is. but 43, I think. 43? I think so. I'd go under. Yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> I'd think probably so. take under. I got this one, Michigan. Uh, yeah, give me 17-13, give me Michigan, and a tight one. But uh, I think that they're going to have to come back a little bit on us at some point in this game, and they're going to make a mistake, and we're going to shut down the run on them. 
all that matters in this game is winning. Like coming back from the last one, you're going on the road. All that matters is winning. I don't care if we escape from Madison with a one point victory, haven't won there since 01. This shows you can take a punch in the mouth and come and face a team that's built to stop what you do best and you still find a way. Yeah, I don't care if it's six to three. You got to win this one. Just find a way to win because this, of all the games that we had listed preseason as like toss ups and, you know, oh, that's going to be a dogfight, this is the most winnable. Like going into Penn State, especially if that's a night game, like, all right, that's going to be tough. I'm not saying you can't win it, but that's a much harder game right now than this Wisconsin game is. Michigan State's going to be a tough game. Like they're not going to, like, just that's the way that rivalry is. They're not going to give in. Even if they go down 10, they're 13, 20, they're not giving up. No. So this is the one you got to win. Yeah, this is the one. This is your time to reestablish dominance. A lot of great Big Ten games this weekend. Rutgers, Ohio State. So we get to kind of see what Rutgers can do against them, if they can take over the line of scrimmage, see if they can interrupt C.J. Stroud and cause some more chaos within the program. He's probably not even playing. They switched quarterbacks last week. They don't know who their quarterback is. He was emergency quarterback only. Everything's fine. It's Columbus. I hate Columbus. (laughs) And then you get Maryland-Iowa as well this week. So watching uh, Turtle go against the best defense in the Big Ten, something to tune into. Watching him upset them. Is it at Kinnick? I th- Probably. Iowa always gets a lovely schedule at home. Oh, man, it's, you can't make fun of Kinnick anymore. Like, you just can't. Like, no. they, they well, wave I, to sick children. They do, like, the most. And I, I support And they it. win. And they win. Yeah, and it's a tough place to win. Yeah, no, Kirk Ferentz has no literally beef. been there since the Clinton administration, I'm pretty sure. Iowa is like – they're like the Dennis Quaid of Big Ten teams. It's like, yeah, yeah, better yeah, than yeah, that. yeah. They are better than Dennis They Quaid. are better than Dennis Quaid. <laughs> But, like, I'm trying to think of, like, an actor that's just like, oh, yeah, consistently, like, he's pretty good. William H. Macy, he just shows up. And you're like, oh, yeah, whatever he's in, he's probably pr- pretty good at it. I was the William H. Macy of the Big Ten. Yes. Book Shout it. out our <laughs> shameless fans. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make much sense at all. Um, all right, player of the game. Offensive player of the game, Andrew Vastardis, baby. Give me good the boy. sixth year, my boy in the middle, and defensively, I'm going to keep – I'm. I, I don't want to say Aiden Hutchinson because, like you said, like he could Every be week. He's probably the player of the game. <laughs> give me give me Brad Hawkinson pulling in that pick and like maybe eight nine tackles from the safety position. Brad Hawkins on defense, Andrew Vastardis on offense. I like it. Cade Mack bounce back game for me on offense. I think he throws for one ninety one two tutties, no picks. I'm I'm really calling my shot that's, there. That's that's, that's specific. That's very specific. <laughs> um, we've been pretty spot on on most of our calls thus far. It's true. On defense, I like where you're going. I'm going to go. Give me Josh Ross. Give me Josh Ross coming back. He was itching to get on that field. I think that he's going to be instrumental in shutting down this run. Maybe he gets a forced fumble in there. I do think there'll be a pick. I like your Hawkins call. But, yeah, give me Josh Ross as just the guy that controls the flow of that defense. I love it, man. We're both bullish on Michigan this weekend, bouncing back. Our optimism, I hope it's not misplaced, but from what we've seen so far, we have seven great halves of football, one iffy half that only gave up 10 points, so I still feel good with our boys. Yep, still haven't turned the ball over. Moody's only missed one kick. I mean, there's still a lot to like. Yeah, Brad Hawkins is still wielding a chair somewhere. Yeah, Brad Hawkins looks more like a UFC fighter than a punter, so we have that. (laughs) I'd still rather fight. Eight, or Brad Hawkins with a chair than Aiden Hutchinson in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's a big, they don't call him the best color man in sports for nothing, folks. <laughs> what are the odds on that? Somebody pull yeah, that up. Somebody, anybody got that? Uh, <laughs> not a ton for Pro Blue this week, so we'll skip it for a week. Uh, just really nothing worth mentioning. Got to get some guys back healthy out there, and, and we'll, we'll touch back on some Pro Blue ne- next week. But 
this was good, man. I'm glad that we're both feeling optimistic about the first true test. I'm scared, but Terrified. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous, but I'm not like overly petrified. I'm I'm confident-ish. Yeah, you know? it, it it won't hit till about 11:30 that morning. I'm on the East Coast here. That it's gonna be like, oh god, this is gonna feel like four hours of surgery again. Here we go. Right. It's like going on a first date with a girl that's much hotter than you, but you've got a nice buzz on. So you're like, you know what? Even if this goes poorly, like I'm, I'm ready. It's still football. You know, we're going for it. It's a, that's a great way to put it and done that plenty of times, you know, trying sure. to outkick our coverage here. So uh, <laughs> let's just hope Michigan can get it done. Also has how many kick returns has Jake Moody allowed? I think it's zero. I think he's kicked, had touchbacks on every kick. He had zero coming into Rutgers. I don't and think they I had a kick return. I think Rutgers had a kick return in this. Yeah, so he's got a quite a good success rate with the with the touchbacks. Kid's got quite uh, a cannon on him. Quite a cannon on that leg. Got to support it. Like our, we like our special teamers here on Out of the Blue. <laughs> All right, man. That's going to do it for us here on Out of the Blue. Make sure that you like, share, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Music, wherever. You can follow us on Twitter at Maze Brew. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue.